0: La 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 Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I'm your host. Every week I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. Okay, I have today Sherry Goldberg. Sherry, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Carly. Sherry doesn't know this, but she's one of the women I look to peripherally in my life as someone who I consider to be a pillar of strength and I can tell you I'm sure she has like an inner role eye about that because I do when people say that about me because all we're doing is just being moms and being like awesome at it and advocating but still there's a mad amount of respect I have for you for the way you carry yourself and I'm excited to have you
1: Carly that touches me so deeply and especially coming from you because you are a total warrior, badass mother. So I'm really thrilled to be in mutual respect. And we are, you know, it's not like we
0: even know each other that well, but I feel like
1: we know each other. It's, it's like, so that's funny. How our
0: life is. I remember yeah. standing in front of you and other women at a event we were at together at a weekend, we were at together Shabatone Shabbaton and mm. Ruki had asked me to stand next to another woman and speak about something that was challenging. And I remember saying in front of everyone, it was basically the first time I really opened up about struggles I was having. And I remember seeing you there and being mindful because I knew again, peripherally that you have had your own struggles and you've been vocal about them. So I'm excited to see in must love self land, how those have played out and how they've helped you and shaped you. So we're going to get to it. Well, I just have to say before we
1: start that what you're doing is amazing. And I'm I'm doing this because I believe in what you're doing. So
0: that was my first question. (laughs) Why do you say yes? Because you believe in it. Tell me what that means to you. I try
1: to say yes to as much as I can, as long as I'm not compromising my boundaries. And as long as I'm doing what's usually right for me. Now, that's not to say that I don't get off kilter, but I try to say yes to things because life is very short We're not promised anything and I don't mean to be cliche, but why not say yes, you're doing something really important. It's something that speaks to me. I wanted to help you. I wanted to speak to you and I want to share my story. This is not a story that I shared with many people. This is um, more of a hidden story. Autism is a story that's out there. Obviously, because of my weight, I do struggle. People see that I'm a little Uh, whatever, heftier, chubbier, chunkier, whatever. But this is something that is more inward for me than like I speak about it regularly.
0: I'm so honored. And I've got to tell you, because I've had so many women step up to the virtual microphone with so much courage, I'm learning so much about myself and about society. One woman said that it is none of our business to talk about anyone else's bodies. Like we need- Well, we should let everybody know that. Right? so smart. Think about that. She's like, my body and what it looks like is not your place to talk about it. And I've definitely been guilty with my friends talking Mm -hmm. about other women's bodies. Yes. Because I didn't like who I was. And only when we're not 100% secure in ourselves, do we need to talk about someone else in a not positive way? Because if I'm okay, I'm not going to go, Hey, check her out. Yes right? Yes. Very
1: interesting. I come from a family that I love and I always want to preface when I'm talking about my family, that I'm in charge of what I do put in my mouth, say it's nobody's fault that I'm a particular weight or not a particular weight. I, I do not blame this on my mother. There are genetic in, you know, there are definitely genetic things and cultural things that I'll share with you, but I come from a long line of people who care a lot about other people's bodies and their own, and not in the healthiest of, of ways either. So I have a, a grandma, bless her soul, who would be fine if I told you this, because she didn't see anything wrong with this, who went a, a skinny trim fit, beautifully pregnant, but, but, um, but beautifully pregnant, but not in a fat way, would come to a table and wait on us, she would literally touch her belly and say, Oh, my gosh, your body, like my grandma was touching another human's, flat belly or beautiful pregnant belly, thinking that that was okay. And I'm not, you know, with my grandma, especially because she's gone and I adored her, but that's just what I grew up with. That was the most important thing. It's so important yeah. that
0: you're saying that because yeah. we're going to get to that in a, in a few minutes. But what I love about what you're saying is you grew up in a world where success as a woman was how you looked body shape, all of it.
1: Not only success, but it was the most important thing. It was more important than character traits, your your value, what you believed in, your ethics. Um, and I'm not saying this to put anyone down. I've been studying Musser, which is the Jewish um, study of character traits for about 20 plus years. And I didn't learn that. I learned that beauty is important. Handsome is important strong is important. Small is important. Big is not good. Big is bad. Small is good.
0: You know what I love and, about this? Your yeah. personality, at least from what I know of you, is yeah. like mine. We are loud. We, You're not going to miss us when we no. are in a room. I had an interview yeah. with a woman the other day and she said, it's not enough for me to just be at the table. If I'm at the table, you're going to know I'm here. Right. And what's so interesting about that is, it starts off with we want our bodies to be smaller. Everyone wants, everyone values teeny small, make them smaller. But then mm-hmm. they also want our personality smaller. They want yes. our voices smaller. They want oh, really? our needs to be smaller. Yeah. And ultimately, I think what's happening that I'm aware of is that society, it's not just men, it's society, it's our families, right? Our people around us want women to take up as little space as humanly possible.
1: Gratefully, I have a man who doesn't feel that way. Me
0: too. Because otherwise I
1: couldn't be married to him. And he feels strongly that I'm beautiful, no matter what size. And believe me, I've been a size four and I've been a size 18 and everything in between. And I don't feel necessarily better as a four-six. And I don't, I, I really don't go there anymore because one of the things that I do think about is you are not your number. You are not your weight. You are not your grade. You are not your SAT score. You are not your IQ number. You are no number. You are human and perfect. Now, are there things that we could do to make ourselves healthier, smarter, wiser? Of course, we're all at work in progress. I parallel it to being on my yoga mat because I've been practicing yoga for about 25 years. And some days I'm on my yoga mat and I'm super wobbly and unbalanced and inflexible. And I can't get the ideas of the list that I need to do out of my head. And some days I'm balanced and able to touch my arms to the floor and do all sorts of things. And it depends on the day. I feel the same way about eating. Eating is like going to the mat. Every day is different. Every meal is different. Every morning is different. Some days I need more food than others some days they don't and I'm tired of judging it you're not supposed to judge it on the mat and you're not supposed to judge it in food I really believe that I really don't think God wants us sitting around and saying oh shoot I had three cookies <laughs> I, I really don't I think he wants you to say oh shoot I'm glad you had those three cookies I hope you enjoyed and maybe in an hour you won't have three more or but you enjoyed the three
0: cookies or what i'm feeling today which i just yeah. need to acknowledge regardless of when this is going to air because unfortunately i don't think it's going to change the conversation or yeah. instead of us being obsessed with how our bodies look or what our success looks like because it's not just about bodies it's about our worth it's about all of it or being sick to our stomach because black people are being murdered by cops, oh. and you know what i mean like i just had a discussion with my husband have you ever been asked to get out of a car Right. when you were stopped by police and I've never been, and never. I've been stopped many times. Right. And so yeah. what I want to also acknowledge before we get deep into our conversation is that the discussion me and you are having is a privileged discussion that 100%. not everyone gets to have. And I'm yes. not talking just about our bodies. I'm talking about all of it, like getting to look at what is my worth? What is my voice? And I have shivers thinking about it because I'm very aware as I know you are that right now in our society, things are a mess. And I would 100% rather spend my time discussing that and talking about what is the solution, how could, or just even feeling sad and, and putting my energy there, than yes. I hate who I am and I hate what I look like. A therapist once said to
1: me, if you stopped using all this energy about all the things that we're gonna talk about, what else could you get done? if you stopped focusing, how much could you do? Your brain is on overload. I don't, I have tapes from when I was 10. I'm turning 60 this year. That's 50. Yeah. I know I get to turn 60 Yes, because people sadly don't get to. And I, I really each decade work on not bringing this into the next decade. I really want to live my life with my full body and my full brain and my full heart. And hopefully to 120 or God knows how long I get to use this body, this, like you've said, I've heard you say it's strong body. Although I have to say, and I'm not taking, I'm not, I don't have a problem with strong. It's like, what if someone has a weak body? What if somebody is in a wheelchair? Right. Exactly. Becomes- that's what I want.
0: Right. That's not what yeah. everyone else wants. So for me, I had to shift from skinny and yeah. fat to, for me, what I really cared about was that yes. my body could be fit and strong because I have three kids that I want to take yes. care of and I need my bedrooms on the third floor and I need to be able totally. to open the, and I have my laundry's in the basement. So for me, I need my body to be strong, but you're absolutely right. There are people who have disabilities that that's not something that they get to do. And yeah. they have strength in their spirit and they have strength in their energy. Yeah. And, and so, and you know when we're about to get to, you know, rating where you are, but before we get there, I want to just acknowledge, like, I felt teary when you were talking about, you know, that you get to turn 60 and that you yeah. basically, I was just hearing you say, you want to be free. Like, we don't have any idea how much longer either of us had. No, nope. like no, no idea. Right. And so this could be it. This could, could be, be a it. Last conversation. It really could. And I, and I don't think yeah. that's a negative thing. I think that's actually a beautiful thing to keep in my, you know, on my shoulder or like you learn it, you know, in your pocket, you have that idea that this could be the end. And because how do I want to live the rest of my days? Yeah. Like, I don't want to waste them anymore. So let's get to it. So I want you to give me yourself a scale. One to 10. One is the worst. 10 is the best where you are today in terms of your own body image?
1: I mean, I kind of feel like I don't want to do a number because I'm not my number. No, I know you're not your number.
0: You don't have to give me a number. I love that. Yeah. How about you tell me if you're in a positive place or a negative place?
1: Love that. When people ask me just to backtrack how Noah's doing, my son who has severe autism, I say it depends on the minute and it depends on the hour. And my friends in AA say, uh, you know, a minute at a time, a, a, a meal at a time, my OA friends, my AA friends, my NA friends, all my friends. And that's how I feel right now. I love what I had for breakfast. I'm definitely going to walk today. I'm going to have a healthy meal with my son. I'm excited. Probably, I probably will have a big ass salad with dressing and maybe a little feta cheese. Like I, I feel I'm good today for today. Like going to the mat, I feel like I'm positive. Talk okay. To I you love it, that. Positive.
0: So going to let the next me tell thing you in your body, you're positive today, today,
1: but let me tell you, I, I, for a minute, I thought we were going to be visual and I do. It's so funny. Cause you asked me about different body parts in the questionnaire. You didn't even touch the body parts I'm concerned about. There's all sorts that you missed. I can tell you about, and one of them is my chance yep. and I've had a full face my whole life. I had a mom, God bless her, who told me I shouldn't pull my hair back because my face is too fat. And so I have that tape in my brain. Why, you know, I do pull my hair back now when it's hot. I don't feel that comfortable still. I try to get rid of that tape. She did not mean to insult me for my entire life, trust me. And it will break her heart when she hears this. But that is something that I think about is what most mothers say, pull your hair back. I want to see your face, your face, your face. My mother said, pull it over. There's too much. And that is soul crushing, I feel.
0: You know what it, so, yes it is as a mother yeah. and, and I what I want other women to hear besides that, because there's been so many conversations I've had where moms or dads say something like that. I try to look at it like what they're doing the best they could at the time. So at, of course. coming from her place, right? She doesn't want you to feel looked at or judged. She doesn't realize how much pain that caused. But what I need to remember as a mother is the voice that I'm sharing with my children is going to be the voice that they're going to carry in their head all the time. Yes. I want to make sure that my voice, right? So I think I've got three boys and I've never been a boy. And so when I watch my boys going through puberty and I'm like, you need to wash your hair and like, you know, I need to make sure that the messages I'm sending them aren't gonna make them feel self-conscious about how they look or how yes. they behave. They feel self-conscious
1: enough as it is. I, know. I have mothers who call me as like the, the, the diet you know heavier expert who say, what do I do? My daughter gained 30 pounds. What do I do my son? What do I do my nephew? What do I do? I said, do you think that they don't know that they gained weight? you know they gain weight they're in their bodies if you want to ask them if they want advice depending on the age that's up to you but unless they're asking for advice and unless they're really sick or diabetic or have some kind of issue or number that's a problem i say professional people can help them more than a mother and you just support the heck out of them or model without narrating. And they might not need life.
0: a professional person if nothing is wrong. Like I've talked to right. plenty of women who were not right. the air quote ideal weight that our society says and their family well-meaning tried to make it seem like there was something wrong with them. And there wasn't, like it it wasn't what they cared about or valued or wanted to spend yeah. all their time doing. And so yes. it just became this thing where is something wrong with me? Because my family keeps saying something's wrong with me.
1: Yes. And I was taken to a doctor and I'll tell you about that, but I'm thinking ruling out medical issue, like a thyroid or a this or a that right. diabetic. So, so rule that out. And then you got to figure this out. This is, and it's also a family issue. I got put on a diet regularly. What about the rest of the family? You know, we didn't have snacks in my house unless it was a, uh a delicious red apple, which is a misnomer because those delicious apples are not delicious. There's so many better apples. I love apples now. I thought there was one kind, not delicious. And so in my house, if you were hungry, you would have a piece of fruit. But I knew to go to several friends down the street who had ho-hos, Reese's piece, peanut butter cups, the turkey that I liked that wasn't off the bone, you know, different kinds of things. I knew where to go. I was 10, 12 so this notion that you're gonna keep food locked up or not bring it in, or they know where to go to get food. It's just like an addict knows, and I'm not equating it, but an addict knows where to go get the drugs or the booze. And it's not, I don't, I don't buy into the addiction model totally. This notion that we're, I'm a food addict. I really don't believe that. I think what I am is I'm sometimes an emotional eater and it's okay.
0: And you that's know what what I buy into. I want to always remind everyone that's listening that while body stuff brings us to the table, yes. it's really not all that it's about. It's just like, yes. like, you know, for drinking or eating or drugging, that's just a symptom underneath, underneath it is yes. so much more. You mentioned you were, you've been a size four and you've been a size 18 and you said that you didn't feel happy one way or another. And for me, the skinniest I've ever been, and I don't get on the scale anymore was the worst part of my entire life. It was the I'm hardest bad. and most miserable part of my entire life. And mm-hmm. when people that didn't know, and this is something I want everyone to hear, we need to stop complimenting people when we think that they've lo- they look great because they've lost weight. That right. sends so many bad messages. First, it says, we only think that you're great looking wh- because you've lost something. Right. Second, you don't know why they lost it. When my son exactly. almost died, I couldn't eat anything and my stomach felt like an ulcer all the time. So if you come up to me and you say, oh my God, you look great. What's your secret? Right. Well, my secret is try not knowing if your son's going to live, right? Oh my huh. God, you look great. What's your secret? I'm going through a divorce, right? right? So it's like, and we joke about it. And we're like, oh my God, you know, that, that's a great diet. It's not a great diet. You have no idea what's going on with somebody. So we totally. need again, back to the beginning, stop talking about each other's body.
1: Absolutely. And where my body is,
0: might've been a hundred pounds
1: heavier. Maybe this is my goal weight. Maybe somebody needs to gain weight. You know, body shaming goes both ways. And this notion that the littlest is the best. If you're little and that's who you are, I'm not judging that you're little. I'm saying that's who you are. So why are people judging us that we're so bigger or larger or bigger size, or I've been athletic my whole life. I used to spend hours and hours on a tennis court. I played four years of varsity tennis at Hawking. I played all the time. That's all I wanted to do. I I wasn't exercising. I was doing the thing I loved. When I'm at yoga, I'm not exercising. When I'm walking on the street, I'm moving with joy. So I don't punish myself through exercise. I say, what am I in the mood today? Today I'm in the mood for a walk because it's not hot. Tomorrow I might be in the mood for water aerobics because it's too hot for me and I don't like to get schwitzy and it's 90 and I'm not walking. So it depends on my mood. I say, what are you in the mood to, you know, whatever exercise, what, what exercise should you do? The one that you love, the one that you don't, you're not using for punishment. So that. this whole notion, and also the language, the language around the morality of being heavier versus lighter, good versus bad. And I've heard, and this is not to put anyone down, and I've used this myself, clean eating. Well, so does that mean I'm dirty eating? I, you know, I'm clean, I'm, I'm eating just around the perimeter of the grocery store, don't eat anything in a bag or a box don't eat anything white. Well, does that mean I give up garlic and onions, which are great for me? No. So there's so many, like there's so many rules and regulations and I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I love it. I, so I, live-
0: I think we just need, <laughs> I think we just need literally to stop talking about yeah. our bodies and about yeah. our, what we're eating and not eating. Unless yes. we need to specifically talk about it with someone to get some guidance. Like, It should not be a conversation on a daily basis. And I, it is, I I can sit in coffee shops and hear women for 20 minutes talking about it. But what I really want to talk about, which is the next thing you're going to get to is your worth. So I know that you're not someone that wants to talk about a number. So let's honor that. Tell me where you are today with knowing your worth in this world. So I'm working
1: backward. I'm working from my tombstone what I wanted to say in my obituary backward. I know.
0: That gives one day- me, oh, I mean, but it's so, I love that you're saying this right now and I want Thank you to get you. so much deeper into it. I've done this with clients. I've made them write. What do you want them to say about you at your Oh, I have right? my
1: obituary written. I love it. I you. have my obituary written. It's not my idea. There's many people who do this. I've done it in a, in a Jewish um, learning class with my one of my teachers. What do you want on your tombstone and what do you want your obituary to say? I won't go into the obituary, but basically the tombstone, I'd like it to say, Sherry was a beautiful person, mother, wife, and friend. I, that's, nobody cares what my size is if I'm beautiful at all. It doesn't say
0: Sherry was a size seven.
1: like No, or she looked much better or she would be beautiful if she lost weight a lot of people in my family used to say, you are so gorgeous, which also is like not an easy thing because no, I I was given whatever gifts I was given these beautiful blue eyes. Okay. So somebody gave me beautiful blue eyes that I didn't do anything. I was just gifted those from my father and my mother. That's why I, I got this hair. I don't know why I got this hair and I you know, I'm not bald. I don't know why I don't have certain illnesses and others. Those are gifts. Those are gifts from God to me. So being gorgeous, being not gorgeous, being model thin, not model thin. I mean, my parents were gorgeous, like your parents, my gram. I come from a very, very beautiful family. It's almost it's almost too much to look at. My father, they called Adonis. Um, he looked like, I know, I mean, what, you know, what more, my mother was magnificent. She was a model. My father was a strapping tennis player. He looked like Ryan O'Neill. And it was just very hard. It was very hard. And I felt like, eh, I'm okay, you know. But, but I like, bet you
0: anything without putting any shame, because you definitely don't do sure. it. I bet you, if you had the same exact looking parents that you do, but they spent all of their energy and time talking to you about the kind of human that you need to be in society, talking to you about, who well, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what... We want to know what you're doing for others. Are you sticking up for people in class? Are you helping out? Like, if that was the message you were getting, which is why mm-hmm. muscle of self for me is so important. It's, I say this on every interview, and this is not any shame for women that cry. I wish I was, I had that ability. I think you, you've you read my story. So I think from an early age, I became someone who did not even, show that sad or vulnerable emotion very easily and I used to only cry like when I watched Oprah and I loved crying it made me feel good so like I would watch Oprah, and now every interview yours included I tear up because I know that what we're discussing is so much more important than anything else when you talked about what you want on your tombstone there's nothing else that matters than how we make other people feel that's it I don't care what you look look like right I don't care and it's not our business it's not even my business to tell you that you're beautiful like I would rather say that you're a beautiful person because I see the kindness you do for others I think that that's something you have control over,
1: right totally and this whole notion of beauty beauty is fleeting I mean age-wise it can be fleeting you can get into a car accident, it could be fleeting. You could die, it's gone. You, I mean, all sorts of things. I wanted to share with you what happened to me during COVID. A lot of people don't know this, but I woke up in the morning in the middle of COVID and I thought I'd had a stroke. The whole right side of my face was paralyzed. It was like down here, my eye was closed. I had Bell's palsy, but I woke up and I couldn't drink coffee. It was rolling down my chin onto my nightgown and it did go away, thank God. But You wonder if I was half paralyzed with my face fallen for the rest of my life. How do you work with that? How do you encompass that in my family, in my community, in my, what happens with picture taking? You know, luckily it was time, it was mask wearing. And so a lot of people didn't know. And I was very actually not, I was very shy to go into Zoom calls. So I didn't, I just did the regular phone versus the, you know, the audio versus the visual, but it was very disheartening, but very interesting to see how much just even half your face falling can change your mood, your, you can feel depressed. What if it never goes back to normal? And the doctors did tell me I was, that was likely to go back, but I didn't believe them. I didn't, trust didn't know, it. I didn't right? How to, could you know? Did not have a lot of amuna, which is a trust in God, the universe that it was going to happen. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be like that forever. So luckily I'm fine, but it's just an interesting lesson for three months to be paralyzed. I don't want to do it again, but I learned a lot about myself. I I relearned how to drink from a straw. I couldn't, I couldn't close this to drink the straw. I had to do physical therapy to drink from a straw. So it was just really an interesting part of COVID for me. This whole year, I wouldn't wish on anybody, particularly those who have lost and suffered and economically, emotionally loved ones, but there are lessons if we can take them. And I'm taking as many from them as I can.
0: So while I have you on that topic, what are, yeah. what would you say are the lessons, especially from what you just shared, what you said about your tombstone, that you would say, what lessons have you learned about valuing your worth mm-hmm. through this last year?
1: That we are not what we do. Even my good work, even the volunteerism that I do, even the advocacy that I do, even all the hard work. I'm I'm working on a really big project that on certain days I'm like so weary and I'm hoping it goes through. But even that is not who I am. Who I am is the person on the couch playing backgammon with my son after we've just eaten a meal and we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Like we literally are like, let's take a second walk because there's nowhere to go. That's what I learned. We are human, just how we are, you know, how people say we're not human doings, we're human beings. And I know that's cliche, but I think it's so true. And we learned it in COVID. My husband is not his job. He is a lawyer. Yeah. Thank God. And he makes, you know, he keeps our house running in certain ways. But if he lost that, we still would have each other and our families and our beautiful dog and our health, hopefully. And that's what we are, our health. We were afraid if anyone got COVID that, God forbid, it wasn't even so much getting COVID. It's like, are you going to go to the hospital and be on a ventilator and then maybe pass away? So on what's more important? Right, right. So.
0: Lessons we- you learned about worth. I, I love what you said. We are not what we look like. We are not what we no. do. We are no. not the things that we do in the society, right? We are ultimately at our core, we're just humans and we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. And I actually think one of the gifts of this year is that reminder. Like it yes. really knocked me down because I'm a doer yeah. and I'm a list maker and I like to cross things off the list. The reality, she's showing me her list. The reality <laughs> is I cannot get everything done every day. No. And I had to face that about three or four months in, I was talking to my coach and I was like, I cannot get anything done. And she's like, you need to start with that. That is a fact. You are not going to get everything done every day anymore because you just can't, nobody can, and we need to slow down. So I want to ask you one more score, not numbers, but about positive, negative. And I kind of know this one, but what is your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? I know you can advocate for your kids and for yeah. others. What is your voice to advocate for yourself?
1: Yeah, I've gotten so much better. They used to call me in my family, Switzerland, because I never would take a stand and I take a stand now. And I set a boundary and sometimes I'm wobbly about it. Brene Brown, Brene Brown calls it um, an FFT first F and time, you know, FFT is like COVID. Jackson would be like, what do we do?" I'm like, I've never been a pandemic, honey. I don't know what we do, like to not know and be wobbly. So sometimes I'm wobbly about speaking up, especially in confrontation when I want to do it in a peaceful, gentle way. Um, So I think I'm getting better. I think I'm a, I'm a work in progress. Thank God, because I think I'm growing all the time at 60. Doesn't seem so old, but I do feel like I've done better this last decade than the decade before and even in my relationship with Michael we've been together 30 years you know we haven't been married as long but 20 you know seven but we you know even with Michael speaking up changing how it changing the dynamic changing the conversation with my kids having Jackson home needing to say I'm exhausted you guys figure out dinner I can't I can't do this I'm going to take a rest for an hour and I'll be back You know, so learning how to do that. I mean, I used to lock myself in the bathroom as that most mothers, many mothers know when I had two kids under 18 months and say, I need five minutes. And then they're knocking on the door, you know, trying to figure out how to get in. So I think I've learned through motherhood, through my relationships with my girlfriends. I try to be as kind with others about this because I want people to be kind with me. Like if I make a mistake or an oops, or I misspoke, I try to repair it and say, I'm really sorry, I, I, I said this wrong. Could you give me another opportunity? So I'm always trying to, to work on it. I think it's, I'm a work in progress.
0: I love that. I have a question about what you just said. Before, did you never want to take a stand when you were growing up? Yeah, because in my
1: family, um, not making waves was given a lot of credence. I don't know if it was a female thing. I don't know if it was like a, you should smile even when things are going wrong. it was a lot about happiness as the key um, emotion and not the harder things to deal with like, frust- like I label all this stuff for Noah, of course, my son who has autism and for Jackson too. Oh, I see you're frustrated. Oh, I notice your energy is feeling down. Oh, you seem lethargic today. You, you seem up, I can feel it. You know, I try to label it. Oh, you seem a little sad, anything I can do to support you? The stuff that I wanted them to say to me, of course, is what I'm practicing saying to them and fixing it up. And basically, I think I just didn't know how. It wasn't modeled for me. I didn't, for some reason, think I had a voice. Sometimes I would be so pissed off at what people were saying to me, particularly about my body, that I, I really didn't know how to say it. So of course you eat or you, you turn it inward. That's how depression is created. That's how sadness is created. And I think I did more of that than... It was easier for me to turn it inward than to say it. I just didn't feel like I had a voice until probably close to around 30.
0: What changed around 30?
1: Mm -hmm. I got out of a really bad relationship and I had gained a little weight. My mother, if she hears this, she'll know this story. Um, told me that she thought I I was trying to get out of bed. I was having a hard time. I moved home. I was alone. I felt very downtrodden. I thought I was going to be with this guy forever. He was having an affair. The bottom line was I had gained some weight and we were on our way to -to one-to-one fitness for an aerobics class. And my mother turns to me and says, you know, you really should lose around 30 pounds. And I went ballistic. I cursed at her, which I was never allowed to do. I said, don't ever talk about my body again in a much better tone than what I'm using. I use the F word. I, I said, I'm done. I'm going home. I was crying. My aunt was supporting me. My mother was mad at my aunt that so my aunt was supporting me before the before the class. My mother didn't understand. She's like, I'm just trying to help. I, how are you going to go on dates? And I want you to. And it was just the beginning of me saying, enough is enough. We are not focusing on my body anymore. You want to focus on your body, go for it. But that's not a conversation. I'm not talking about food anymore. I'm not talking about the 50 diets we've been on everything from, you know, grapefruit diets to drinking vinegar to cabbage soup all day, all these unhealthy things that we did in the name of this is great for you. um, Weight Watchers at 10, you know, all that stuff. And I want to say
0: something about this. What do you think is underneath it all. Cause I was around all of those diets too with my mom and yeah. everything. Yeah. Is the underlying idea that once we get to this unrealistic goal or weight or look or body that then our lives are going to be okay. Like, is it yes. under it? Is it then I think it's kind of, this is the message I think, because we both come from Jewish families, So I'm guessing like this is the same world is you need to look a certain way to get a man so 100%. Can, right. So you can be secure. You can get married. You can have kids. He can take care of you and you'll be happy. Okay. What I want you to know is my 87 year old grandmother, when I was growing up was like, when are you getting married? When I was 19. Yeah. Okay. She said, never live with a guy without a ring on your finger. Why buy the cow? If you get the milk for free. Okay. Fast forward. <laughs> I was talking to her recently and she said, you know what, Carly, I was wrong about that. I think that you should live with someone for a long time. I think you should really get to know them. I said, thank you, Lulu, because I did what she told me to do. I found a nice Jewish boy who wanted to live in Cleveland, who was going to have all the things and on paper was awesome. I didn't look under the hood and there's nothing wrong with him. He just wasn't right for me and I wasn't right for him. And so when we moved in together, once the ring was on and the promise was made and the the future was written, I started to see things that were not things that I was okay with, but Mm -hmm. The wedding, had I mean, everything was moving forward. And I was told by the women I trusted that I was going to be happy when I had this world set up. And I love so much that you said, don't ever talk about my body again. And I want that empowerment for every, not just woman, every human that's listening, because I want every child, whether you're young or an adult child to be able to say to anyone around them, no more. We're not talking about my body anymore. We're not talking about if I'm going to have children, we're not going to talk about what I'm going to do. Those sound like things that people care about because they love us and they want us to be happy, but it's causing so much harm.
1: Not only is it causing harm, but there's so many other things to talk about. There's so many other things to feel about and change and shift and believe in. And why are we having those conversations you mentioned at the beginning, the, the the systemic racism. Let's talk about that every day. Let's talk about like people who can't eat, who are in food deserts. Let's talk about like, I have so much food in my house. Like I could live here for a month and I don't even have that much. I have like two cereals yeah. and I, like, if, I don't even have like a lot of stuff, but I know I have enough to make them, it's just, it's- it's. I have enough
0: clothing if I wanted to that I would never need to buy another article of clothing for the rest of my life. And I could donate to like seven other women for their whole lives. Like, and I wear the same thing every day.
1: Oh, me too, me too.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. The
1: thing is, is that I think
0: we need a huge paradigm shift.
1: Yep, that's what it is. Because one of the things, a couple of things. One of the things that you said about getting the man, marrying the man, there's one other thing that you missed just because this was drilled into my head. If you're skinny, the man won't leave. Ooh. If you're the right weight. And Wait, look so the that's right
0: terrifying way. because it's not just about getting him. Terrifying. It's about keeping. So God forbid you gain any weight or you get pregnant and you don't. Oh. I mean, my mother told me that when she was in the hospital, after she had my brother, her father came in and said, is the baby still in there? And she was like, what are you talking uh. about? She didn't know. Like that, it, no one tells each other like, Hey, FYI, like, it's going to take a long time to not yes. like you're pregnant anymore. And yeah. there's so much fear but, that's involved.
1: It's very fear-based. A lot of the shame is very fear-based. And let me tell you, when I realized that what they were saying wasn't real, that was an awakening. That was the paradigm shift. Because I see that people leave Christy Brinkley. I see that people leave high-level fashion models who are six feet tall and weigh less than I weigh. So it's not about the weight. That is ridiculous. That is a misnomer. That's bullshit. So I was calling bullshit and people really in my family was like, we like the old Sherry. What happened to, I'm not saying that they were sick, but the way that they were thinking was not the healthiest. So I'll put it that way. And basically I started getting well, more therapy. I've been in therapy 40 years, 40 years of work. And that is a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of, and not only talk therapy, I've done, oh my gosh, all sorts of things, that I'd be happy to tell you about patching myself up. And it wasn't about the weight. It was about the heart. Mm -hmm. It was about the hole in the heart that we all have. That's like the size of our mothers or fathers or grandmas or all the people who love us or the boyfriends who come before us. And we can't fill up that hole. That's the shape of that human. And we have to fill up our own heart and have it. Expand. You know when you had your second baby, and you're like, "How can I possibly love this baby?" I was terrified because your heart gets bigger. Your heart holds. God delivered
0: more, right? More. What you just said is all about what I truly think. Every single thing that I'm hearing from you, from every woman I'm talking to, at the end of the day, underneath all of it, underneath the body, underneath the success, underneath the approval, underneath the outside, is about not being enough. Yes. And when we get to a place where we know we are enough, regardless Mm -hmm. of what we look like, regardless of what we have or don't have, regardless of who's standing next to us or not. Yes. The fear of approval goes away. The ability to use our voice gets stronger and the people around us who don't like it are just not gonna like it. And that's also not our business. But one of the things that I wanna share that I think is so awesome is this. What I learned about myself as I'm going through this process, because I think it's gonna be forever, is i'm enough alone which means i have a partner i love massively he's my soulmate. he's my best friend i don't get to see him a lot because our we live in different states if god forbid something happened to him i will be devastated but i will be okay yeah i did not used to believe that about myself yeah what in my old life in terms of Mm -hmm. when i was younger because i thought you had to have this life in order to be okay yeah. And when we stick around long enough and we watch people that are really doing this work, you realize mm-hmm. that we are enough. There's nothing actually wrong with us.
1: And that we are, there's a Jewish notion, which I firmly believe we are, Elohim. we are made in the image of God. God doesn't make junk. Like we all know, God makes gay, transgender, fat, skinny, tall, short, Uh, everything. God. I mean, that's how I view it. And, or the universe or whoever your God is your higher power, your HP, what I call it, whatever you want, you know, nature, but there, there is no junk. We are beautiful. Do we have soul searching to do? Do we have to work on ourselves? Are there people who are pretty heinous and maybe they need to be, you know, really worked on? Yes, but we're all souls. I mean, we're all basically our souls that are, you know, on this journey and then sadly we die. So what are we going to leave? We're not leaving the vessel that contains our soul. The, it's, this is just a vessel. Our body, I've learned through Torah and my, my Jewish teachers, and I'm sure it's a Judeo-Christian idea. It, we shed the vessel. The vessel is just the vessel, the arms. Speaking of which, the vessel, when you put on the questionnaire, and this might not be a good segue, you know, what are the areas that you're worried about You know, in terms of fat, I forgot how you, uh, your problem areas. You said it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Here's what wasn't on there face, chins, arms, fingers, ankles, thigh. I mean, there are all these things. I have a friend who thinks her nose is fat. Mm -hmm. You know, I think my ears are a little weird. So I like, I just think that a lot of people walk around saying, oh, I wish I had a flat belly. Mine goes like so much deeper than that. So much deeper than the belly because the belly I'm almost like, okay, (laughs) you know, Older people have bellies. What are you going to do? I'm not going to two piece and I'm going to wear. And that's the other thing. I wear a bathing suit now. I don't care. I want to do water aerobics. I don't care. I My goal is to not care. I want to I love that. I want to wear the bathing suit that looks a little bit decent on me, but I, you know, I, I'd rather get in the water. I lo- I'm a water person. It makes me feel so good. I love floating in the water. I'm just not giving up. I know people who won't get in a bathing suit will not go in a pool year after year after year.
0: What a waste, right? A waste. I want to know your quote because I, you have so much good stuff to share, and then we're gonna to get to lightning round.
1: Okay, I love lightning round. Mm-hmm. My quote is: I actually have two quotes. Of
0: course. You um,
1: yeah. One <laughs> okay. is this: "This too shall pass." Mm-hmm. Everything passes. It's just a sage thing to. Um, and the other is serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace within the storm. I love we're that. We're never, we're never getting rid of the storm, ever. We're living this life and we're growing and learning and hopefully maturing and be, being better humans. There's always going to be a storm. There's always a storm. So serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace within the storm. And I
0: like that it's not
1: calm. It's just peace.
0: They're not promising you butterflies and rainbows. I want to say something to you about this too shall pass. because it's my mother's favorite as well. I love that. And I want to give another perspective. Yes. Somebody who's surrounded by people who've lost children. Yes. That sentence isolates them.
1: I would never say that. I know you wouldn't, but I
0: want everyone to hear that. Thank you grief does not change with time no and there's some things that never pass and that is something I always want to remember because that goes to your other quote is in the middle of the storm no matter how great the grief we can still find moments of peace
1: yes absolutely and maybe it's not during it but maybe it's a little bit a half an hour away or an hour away or somewhere a moment like you said this too shall pass makes me feel like this crisis, except for what you're mentioning, is going to change. Even, and I, I would never want to make anyone isolated. I've never lost a child. I did have a miscarriage and people were like, oh, you'll have another baby that I don't know. I wanted that baby. That was the baby I was waiting for, you know, and it was early on and, you know, eight weeks in very normal timing, but the way people treat it is like you said, very isolating. So there's certain things that I believe that I would never in a million years say to another human. Yeah. I also don't say God is the true judge to a person who's just like, I know people say it. Yeah. I get it in that moment. I don't
0: think that's the best thing to say. I think, <laughs> but that comes from wisdom and age and knowing, which totally. I can't wait to share what you've got from your lightning round. So here we go. Okay. You could go back to yourself when your mother was talking to you about what you shouldn't, shouldn't do with how you dressed and how you looked and all of that. What would you say to her if you had like a few minutes in passing?
1: Could you just hold my face and tell me I'm beautiful?
0: I love you. What would 80-year-old Sherry say to six-year-old Sherry?
1: You are beautiful no matter what size you are. You are healthy. You are lovely. You're a kind person. Everything else is unimportant.
0: What does it mean to be beautiful? Inside out. Smiling,
1: um, being open to people, being there for others, just inside out beauty. What does a strong woman mean to you? Oh, gosh. Someone who really stands up for what they believe isn't afraid of people's opinions, even though it can be disarming, Um, doesn't take everything so personally. This is something I've worked on for many years. me too. Because everybody always told me you're so sensitive. And now what I say is when they tell me I'm so sensitive, I say, thank you.
0: I love that. (laughs) I can feel everything. Yes. I already know this one because you said it, but I still want you to answer it. What do you want others to say about you?
1: That she was a giving heartfelt, available, kind person.
0: Last two. If you find out that you only have six months left to live, what do you want to do with the rest of the time? Eat some more cheesecake, (laughs) for sure. I would drop it off because I make the best cheesecake and I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have it anymore, but it's amazing.
1: I mean, I definitely would eat a slightly different, I must admit. I would probably have dessert a little more often and have a second portion. I would mostly spend time with family doing it though. It would be around a table where we enjoyed our things that we loved. I thought you would think I would want to travel, but I just want to stay in my home with my dog and my boys and my husband. And I would I would just want to be in my backyard with my flowers and walking barefoot in the grass and doing some yoga and, um, and seeing the people that I love. Your soul is so
0: beautiful. Oh, thank you. Last question. As is yours. Thank That's you. why you recognize it. Thank you. You get you're one right piece up. of advice for every woman that's listening to hear. What do you want to say to them?
1: You are enough. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, what you don't do. If you forget things as a mother, if you remember everything, whatever it is that you think you're doing wrong, you're human. Mistakes are part of growing and they're not even mistakes. It's like, we can't do everything. We're, we're just like the, the whole thing has to shift and you're enough no matter what.
0: I feel so blessed to have had this time with you. Like, I feel like you just recalibrated everything I needed to remember. You know, Mm. life happens and we get busy. And I always joke, like I'm Dory from Finding Nemo. and We forget what matters. And picturing you in your backyard, admiring your flowers with your boys and your dog and your husband and being like, this is all I need. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Thank you for your time. Thank you for doing this. And
1: thank you for continuing this movement and shifting everything. It's just because the you beginning. you are going to make a difference.
0: Thank you. I love you. You're it's welcome. just the beginning. Thank you for being here. This was awesome.
1: So welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating a paperback and digital. I promise you you will love it. Have an awesome day and one more thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate, review, and share with your lady friends. If you're ready to do the work it's going to take to love yourself as you are, your body, your worth, and your voice, please reach out to me at carlyisrael.com and we can connect. I offer one-on-one private coaching virtually as well as small intimate groups. It's going to take a ton of work and a lot of commitment on your part, but I promise to be in your corner. I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope you spread the light you feel with others so they can feel it too.
1: La, 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 la.